Oh, shoot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to make this up. I'm going to wing it. Yeah. All right. All right, we're winging it. Here it is. It's not a bird. It's not a plane. It's superhero slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, we're gearing up for Wonder Woman on Christmas Day, Mike. Shing, shing. That she, was the, the sound effect of her putting up her armor plates. Uh, like, is that, is that the one where she puts her <laughs> arms together or the wings that fall off? One sure. Of you know what? Either one. <laughs> yeah. Have a have a Wonder Woman-y Christmas, everyone. Um, we're going to really, I'm going to be honest here, talk about the last episode of The Mandalorian. And if you've not watched it, it's in the middle of the episode and there will be spoilers. So if you just pause this, go watch that real fast and come on back. We can talk. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to lay, lay down rules at the start of the show, Mike, because there ain't no way we're not talking about this <laughs> uh, for sure. Um, we're going to uh, Marvel says She-Hulk is a half hour comedy series. We'll see how that goes. And more. Yeah, I am a very, very tired boy today uh, helping some neighbors move, you know, so my, my bones are weak. They're frail. I wore I wore the appropriate age uh, of uh, it's not shapewear it's like just like those belts that movers wear right and I had some like sleeves that went over some of my joints so part of my body's good the other part of my body is aging so I've managed to crawl myself over to this microphone because gosh darn it we got to talk about the season finale of Mandalorian that's right I mean it's one of those days um you know in, in lieu of Thanksgiving and Christmas we've had a a, a very small um, family get together my my father-in-law was at the other end of the garage yesterday while I was at one end <laughs> of the garage so that's like great that's distancing and then my parents today so I mean it's one of those like you know well let's just forego any formal traditions and just keep it uh small and, 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 and tiny but we are yeah. in the holiday season. Yeah, I, I'm usually running around for the holidays all around the country, trying to see, uh, trying to see family. Um, being safe, we're staying here for the holidays, so that means the podcast goes on uninterrupted. Um, yeah. e- depending on how things lay out, usually uh, we don't even have to take a break, even when I travel. But uh, that means uh, how many studios, movie studios, are really pumping out news just before the holidays? Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> we are bringing you what we could find this week. So we. Uh, We'll talk yeah. passionately about the few things that we have. Well, exactly. And if you did not listen to last week's super long mega ultra episode. Oh my gosh, yeah. Just average out last week's episode with this episode and we'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, so you can go listen to that again. Uh, this week's going to probably be a little lighter. Um, and, you know, that's fine. It's just it's the holidays. Like, so normally we're traveling. I think this is actually the first full year we've done them shows where we didn't take a summer break and a winter break mm-hmm. uh, well what else which, is there to do <laughs> yeah exactly so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with this mike impressed but instead you know it's that time of year we are in the final um five sleeps i believe till christmas right everyone's getting pumped hyped for the, the their holly jolliness so uh we obviously it's the time to watch christmas themed movies and shows uh mm-hmm. all around so you have been partaking in a few i've been partaking in a few Lay down what you happen to watch, Mike. Yeah, we got a big old list that we're working through. Uh, we got a couple left. We're saving the the creme de la creme 
known as Christmas Vacation. That's our favorite for Christmas Eve. So uh, we've been kind of going back and catching some stuff that I never grew up with. Uh, have you heard of Miracle on 34th Street? Uh, well, that's, that's a rhetorical question because I'm sure you have, Chris. Is, is that uh, every time a bell rings, an angel gets <laughs> yeah. his wings? No, that's uh, isn't that... Um, oh, I don't know. That? That's that's a wonderful life. It's a, that's uh, a, the I wonder- get these two confused, but I have seen them. So, well, the thing is, uh, I'm sure somebody's going to say this is blasphemous, but we watched the one from like 1993, oh, Lord. not the not <laughs> the black and white one, which I have no I have no uh, familiarity with, but the one from 1993 has the girl who played Matilda in it so we just called her Matilda and it has uh, some other uh, familiar looking faces uh, the the role of Santa Claus is played by uh, Mr. was it John Hammond the the park creator for Jurassic oh, Park yeah uh, I can't remember the actor's name off the top of my head but it was a nice little heartwarming movie I, it's something that I just had never watched growing up even though I was a 90s kid I'm surprised I missed it but uh, I'm glad that we we bought it digitally so this one is now officially in our collection I guess depending on rights management contracts of different uh, video on demand services, uh, but I think I'll be watching this one every year. It's fun. It has a um, uh, uh, Dylan McDermott in it, who looks a lot like uh, Ross from Friends. That also kind of looks a little bit like David Duchovny, and then also looks a little bit like Pierce Brosnan, who were all very active in the '90s. So it's it's a very '90s film there with those leads. But it was great. It's a fun little movie. I have no idea how close it is to the original black and white version of Miracle on 34th street but there's this great kind of ending to the movie where they're litigating the existence of santa claus and it's just it's just fun so i'm sure i'm preaching to the choir out there i'm sure a lot of people have seen this movie already i'm just very late really late to it Uh, well i've never uh, i've never seen the 93 version actually um i did not know there was one so that's that's good to know yeah, it could be 94, but either way, early well, 90s. 90s, it was, yeah, yeah. It was great. It was fun. It was like eight bucks on Apple, iTunes, Apple TV, whatever they're calling it nowadays. So I would check that one out. And then uh, we kind of did a little bit of back-to-back Christmas specials here. If you have Netflix, you can go watch Dolly Parton's, I think it's called Christmas on the Square, but it's kind of her Christmas special. And then Mariah Carey has her own Christmas special over on Apple+. Plus. So... Um, we were able to watch both of those. We kind of compared them both head to head because uh, we watched them so close together. And I mean, Mariah Carey just handed it to Dolly Parton, like handed like a beating down is what I'm trying to say. As much as as sweet as Dolly Parton is, and she's even doing a lot of uh, like relief work for COVID right now. Her Christmas special just didn't quite measure up. You know, I'll give her I'll give her the edge of she had a full narrative that I believe went for the entire length of a film. I think this clocks in at about 90 minutes. Uh, the songs just weren't as good, not very memorable. It is funny watching Dolly. I don't know if this is like con- in her contract or she's just getting up there in the years but every single scene that she's in she's like almost always sitting down and there's like uh this kind of like ghost of christmas past like vibe to it where she's like floating around like an angel but she's literally sitting down on a floating cloud like, it like, just it's just so funny <laughs> she is too busy doing the lord's work in in thrilled to plan out this thing so let's just be thankful we even got one from her yeah yeah know? yeah I, i'm not trying to throw too 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 much shade but yeah, i think I you are but that's fine. i wasn't I wasn't vibing on the songs that much. And she doesn't sing every song. Um, 
But then Mariah Carey has a just a totally opposite energy of special over on um, Apple Plus, which is more of like a visual album, kind of like Beyonce's Lemonade, but uh, Christmas energized. So it's just um, Mariah Carey singing all of her uh, favorite Christmas songs with this uh, asinine plot that she's the only one that can save Christmas. So like uh, Billy Eichner, who is playing an elf, which is very familiar to his role in Noel, a Disney Plus movie, where he, he they bring her up to the North Pole so she can uh, put on a concert for everybody around the world to bring up Christmas cheer. But the best part about it is it's only 40 minutes long, so that's great. Great in itself right there. But the best thing about it is everybody involved in this project knows everybody wants to hear All I Want for Christmas, right? Like, that's her number one jam. That's, like, the Christmas song. It's, like, been memed. Everybody memes it now, right? And, like, she's that's her song. So they keep faking you out. Just when you think they're about to go into the song, they intentionally cut away and start doing a different song. And then they're like, oh, do you think we're ready for it? Oh, I think we're ready for it. And then somebody, like, comes through the door and interrupts them. So they save it and they give it to you right at the end. So I just thought it was funny because they just they knew what they were doing they're a little bit more self-referential and also it's only 40 minutes so you don't have to stick with it for too long and then you can move on to your next more preferred uh christmas movie so if you had to pick between those two christmas specials i would pick the mariah carey one you're gonna have more fun a lot more celebrity cameos in that one for sure but uh, that that's that's us wrapping up the christmas talk i mean next week the podcast and we're gonna be on the other end of the holidays so I don't think I have a lot of Christmas, a lot of New Year's Eve movies to watch. Like, I can't really think of any movies off the top of my head that I watch around New Year's Eve. So uh, I think we'll be going back to the normal kind of trend of watching stuff that's not related to a holiday next week. So yeah. uh, Miracle on 34th Street, that's the that's the gem in that list. Well, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to inject you because I did not know that there are were, in fact, two Charlie Brown Christmas <laughs> episodes, Mike. I was adamant up and down that the Charlie Brown Christmas was, in fact, the one where uh, his sister says hockey stick. I did not know that the, not only is there this 1965 version, there's a 1992 Whoa. It's Christmas time again, Charlie Brown, where this came from. They brought this boy back out. <laughs> Make they, uh, us another Christmas special, Charlie. Uh, about Christmas, and and I, you know, they're they're only like twenty minute, two minutes long, right? They're not long. They're made for TV kind of cartoons, but I I, I would never have guessed they were two. In my mind, they've always run together. So the first one is obviously the most infamous one where he's doing the play and they have to get the Christmas tree, right? That that's mm-hmm. that's the Charlie Brown staple. But I was always like, what's what? When do they go to the play? Because obviously there's a play in the first one to do hockey stick instead of hark and i was like i I just couldn't fathom it until i found there were two so i had to watch both of these this week mike just to just to see and now i'll tell you they didn't change the um vince girardi is his i believe his name he does the music classic music all around Mm -hmm. very much you know anti-consumerism all around um charlie brown's trying to sell christmas wreaths in one of them i didn't i and everyone's like "It's, it's thanksgiving it's not gonna last that long (laughs) Um, but then he goes to sell his comic books so he can buy the girl he likes some mittens, but then she actually already has the mittens. So it's, it's, these are very classic Christmas movies, Mike, if you have a chance to watch them based around the the Christmas season and include some very, um, family friendly gags and, and jokes along the way. So if you guys get another 40 minutes, I'd say scrap Mike's list. Put these Charlie Brown specials on if you can find them. <laughs> I, I had a hard time literally finding It's Christmas Time Again, Charlie Brown. Literally one of the hardest movies. I think it's only available on Amazon to purchase. You can't stream it anywhere. 
Um, <laughs> but Charlie Brown Christmas is on Apple TV. I believe that Apple purchased the the rights to most of the 60s ones. Um, yeah, I, w- I was going to say there's definitely some synergy going on because I, I-, I would be crazy if I didn't bring it up. Uh, there is a uh, Charlie Brown cameo in the Mariah Carey special. She's like watching TV in the North Pole and then like a, ver- a special Charlie Brown thing pops up. As far as I can tell, if, if I remember correctly, I believe it's all original because it's all high def widescreen l- looks great on the TV. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if, you- if you're a Charlie Brown completionist, Unfortunately, whether you like Mariah Carey or not, uh, you yeah. got to go watch it. <laughs> yeah, because it, it's it's uh, it, yeah. I just looked up Char- a Charlie Brown Christmas is only on Apple TV Plus, but you can watch this 1965, very crudely animated and colored <laughs> thing in 4K if you want to, Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beautiful. It's yeah, I got to. So gonna gonna recommend those for the holidays. Now this week is where I'm also gonna get down to my Muppet Christmas Carol and my Christmas Vacation. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of Love Actually. I don't know if I'll watch it, but I, I like it's a Christmas movie. Uh, Iron yeah. Man three, the staple of any superhero Christmas movie, right? <laughs> um, but we gotta we gotta watch Krampus. I finally uh, yeah. convinced my wife to watch Krampus with me, so that's gonna be on the on the docket this week as well. Where, where do you watch that at? Do you know? Uh, uh, we have. I don't know if it's streaming, but we actually own it on Blu-ray. My brother got it for me uh, one year, so we're good to go on that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fubo, you can get on Fubo, Mike. <laughs> oh, Fubo! Wow, man. The, the the third time that's ever come up on the show. So <laughs> there we go. So holidays, happy holidays, everyone. Get into that. Let's jump into some news uh, around another holiday, uh, St. Patrick's Day in March, which is also my birthday. Sounds like the uh, a window for Zack Snyder's Justice League to release on HBO Max. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> they they said it in this release. I think it was like a video. Um, they were like the director's cut of just Justice League director comes this March to HBO Max. I'm like, that's sooner than we expected. But you know, is it? I mean. Is it? That's literally when another Falcon and the Soldier comes out in the middle of all HBO Max movie releases that they're mm-hmm. dropping next year. Well, I mean, um, you, you see any strategy here, Mike, or do you think it's just like, yeah, we got it? I'm kind of curious what they're going to actually end up calling it, right? Are they going to call it the director's cut? It just seems mm. smart to just go with the word Snyder cut. I mean, from the from a marketing point of view, I just feel like the SEO is off the charts right. on, on, the, on the term Snyder and the word cut yeah. <laughs> connected together. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is kind of weird. Like, I was down for the Snyder cut just because it's just this weird experiment. I mean, uh, my opinion on Snyder as a person is going all over the place, but it's just like, yeah, if you're going to give it to me for free, I'm already paying for hbo max yeah i'll watch it uh but yeah i'm glad that we're finally getting falcon and the winter soldier and um wandavision out there in the world so so at least this won't be the only thing occupying everybody's time you know mm-hmm. well it's one of those things that because i mean they're, i know they're doing it we know they're doing it in four weeks right um so we're get four episodes in the full feature length movie um uh, it's it's going to be weird and the reason they're going i think with the directors cuz because we've talked about this before at length because of what is it the writers guild or the produ- or the directors guild or something it's there's some legalness in hollywood where they just can't be like justice league snyder cut that's just happens to be the thing so hopefully they can get by that and maybe maybe get that to work but i believe they're going to have to do directors cut to forego any like uh, suing or problems or anything like that. We'll we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I mean, four weeks of of uh, Justice League, uh, uh, what version two point or something like that. It's gonna be interesting. Um, oh boy! In that in that same video, um, where they were announcing what was coming up in twenty twenty, they did say um, 
a new Game of Thrones is coming in 2022, but we don't really have a lot on that, so I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want to go into details on uh, this prequel series Ooh. of Game of Thrones. This Friday, you can wake up right away, put on your Christmas jammies, forget the presents under the tree, Mike. Go right to the <laughs> TV, turn on and watch Wonder Woman 1984 on HBO Max. Oh my gosh! Finally, a primo superhero movie in the year of our Lord 2020. However, you want to describe this year of 2020. We're getting it uh, right at the end of the wire. You know, yeah. I'm just, I, I'm happy I can finally watch it. I don't have to force myself well, into a movie theater to watch it. I don't have to risk my life. And, 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 and I talked to you about this a little bit for the past two weeks. I was given free tickets to see this movie this week mm-hmm. in the, the, in the off chance I went to a movie theater and even the day before I was like, should I, should I not? And then you look at the ticket and it's like this free pre-sale or pre showing has been oversold and overbooked so arrive early to ensure your seating and there's no indication that you're going to be safely seated at a distance uh you know what kind of annoying people are going to be there you know you know we have those those problems with movie mm-hmm. how many uh jalapeno jars am i going to have to to go through to say <laughs> here uh but like uh, i at the day of i was like you know i've decided to totally forego this not even going to look and just play it safe and watch it on Christmas Day uh, at home, in my theater setting, uh, down here in the basement, and um, then hopefully we can do a review maybe the next day or the or, or at least by Sunday to have for you guys to to listen uh, to. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean the 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 podcast next week is going to be pretty lit if I do have to say so myself because we'll be talking about two brand new movies. Uh, it's going to be great. I, I'm really looking oh. forward to it. Uh, I'm just hoping uh, the biggest thing I've been struggling with at home because you know l- look if if we really think about it you know we could be hunkering down for another five months depending on how vaccine distribution goes when people are allowed to go back to a movie theater. You know we don't know how much like wiggle room we need around these vaccines so uh it's going to be a while that we're going to be hunkering down uh hbo max is giving us all these primo movies at home we can at the very least watch raya the last dragon from disney plus at home so i gotta figure out i gotta figure out my sound situation Mm -hmm. uh i i've been all over the internet googling about sound and it's it's an issue for me at the very least depending on what tv you're working on it's the problem of the the action being too loud and the dialogue being too quiet and the the no, the thing that I've drilled down to, it's all about like the mid channel, like the mid channel. You need to be able to have total control over that. But if you want control over your mid channel, you have to have all of these different speakers. And I'm just a guy that wants one sound bar. So then you have to go diving into the setting of a sound bar you don't even own. And then like some people have the problem. Some people don't have the problem once they get it. I mean, some people, the problem stays exactly the same when they get a sound bar. Basically what I'm saying is there was a very high convenience of going to a movie theater, right? Where like the only time I was ever, ever worried about my movie theater messing up the projection was like with a 3D movie, right? Oh, did they get the brightness right? But usually I didn't go to 3D movies. So this that is one problem that I have to deal with at home. Like I have mm-hmm. a beautiful 4K television. It's nice yeah. and big. I can be comfortable and I can lay down, but like I just don't want to be holding the remote control the whole time, messing with the volume. So I don't know. Hopefully somebody over at HBO Max is just like, hey, let's make sure this audio is okay for TVs at home so people don't uh, hate us. Yeah. I, that's, I th- just, that's just me. Well, I, I also think, you know, I talk, the conversation we had with your headset earlier today, uh, earlier this week that you got, I'm like, I, as, as you probably have discovered, going cheap with audio means there will be problems. Uh, you try to, you try to like, oh, this could work. And then, you know, at the end of the day, a, 
lower price soundbar will have those exact issues you're talking about, right? Like there's no control. There's no, there's a left and a right in that bar and nothing else. Yeah. But uh, damn, so. if it's not expensive, I mean like yeah. uh, every single, I mean, I got my TV on sale, a very, yeah. very good black Friday price. But even if I bought it at full price, every sound, every sound bar out there is more expensive than the TV. It's just mm-hmm. like, what's happening here? Like there's uh there, there's headphones out there right now that are almost more expensive than the phone that you plug them into. So yeah, yeah it's, it's wild out there in the audio landscape. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one day you'll get there, Mike, I believe in you. Um, I am actually right now also just want to say on that note, looking at um, the, I always keep up the news sites as we're sitting here, right? There are spoilers from the after credit scene for this movie. There is an after credit scene in the mm-hmm. wild right now. Um, the article I'm looking at says a uh, leaked image reveals a first look. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> um, is it in the movie? Is it a spoiler after the credits? There are things in this that, that are going to be revealed and pulled back. And I, I don't want people to take a, be careful well, when you're in it this week. That, I mean, that's a really big question, right? What does the after credits of a Wonder Woman movie look like? So much of the landscape has, of DC has changed since that first Wonder Woman movie came out, right? I mm-hmm. mean, uh, the, the Snyder versus... I, I keep saying all but dead, but somehow it keeps coming back in different aspects. So, you know, is it going to, are we going to get a little look at Aquaman, a little look at Shazam? Is it going to be a movie that exists or is it going to be like a hint of where woman wonder woman can go? I believe as far as we know, Patty Jenkins is off the project for the most part, at least directorial. I could see her being on as a producer. Um, but I mean, she's moving on to star Wars right after this. So I don't really know exactly what's going to go on in her, uh, wonder woman mm-hmm. wheelhouse, but you, you know, she turned down the first Thor movie, right? Or second Thor movie. Um, yeah, we've talked about that, before. which is, you know, God blessing for her. Like if she'd taken that, she'd never have all this other good stuff. <laughs> so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Just, just to point out that I wouldn't be surprised if she comes back to maybe Marvel after the star Wars interaction, you know, I mean, she could definitely come in and do some some good stuff yeah, there. I mean, she's in the Dis- she's in the Disney camp now, right? I they, yeah. they do their best to hold on as as yeah. long as they can if they have good talent. Yeah. What if she did like the next Thor, which was just Natalie Portman's Thor, like a, like another one, like a oh, the, wow. uh, the Wonder Woman version? I mean, that's a yeah, that's a whole other question. Is as is, is Natalie Portman is is she going to be an can she be an action star? I, that's the question I have. Can Natalie Portman be an action star uh, with a hammer or not? I, uh-huh. I would like to see them prove me wrong because i'm thinking maybe not <laughs> but you know she's been so like half leg into this thor universe whether by her own her, her own uh choices or not so we'll oh. have to see how strong they bring her back in right yeah those first two ones are the the uh, not the Iger, the um uh, perlmutter era marvel which mm-hmm. was like eh, not the best but you know not not the worst thing out there but uh anyways uh for this uh to watch Wonder Woman 84 you know they have pulled together a Christmas miracle wrote Santa himself and Santa said <laughs> you know what put HBO Max on Roku um, yes so it is officially as of like Friday it's not on there yeah I believe it was the 17th is when uh it started rolling through uh I you had to like uh click into it for your icon to change or yeah, I thought it was funny that the day that it was live I started seeing HBO Max banners on my Roku page so like the flight attendant and friends was being advertised on my uh Roku homepage down in the corner so I was like all right HBO Max is here it's great I can finally look around uh it was it's nice they have a nice little curated holiday section that we could kind of click through uh they're doing a lot of curation over there because the holiday section had tons of areas like movies that happened 
around Christmas time, which they kind of did a, did a shot across the bow of people that say Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Uh, HBO Max, uh, HBO, AT&T, Warner Brothers, whatever you want, whatever corporation you want to call them, they've decided to say that <laughs> Die Hard is a movie that happens around Christmas, maybe not so much a Christmas movie. Uh, so I thought that was pretty funny. But uh, yeah, I love that section. We were looking through a lot of stuff over there. And man, the catalog is strong at HBO Max. They mm-hmm. got a they got a lot of IP up in there. <laughs> is that gonna? Do you think it has a has a shot to become your default uh, streaming app uh, in twenty twenty one? I mean, now that I can click into it, there's a good chance. Uh, I've heard people talk about the flight attendant, which is pretty strong uh, for a streaming service. Where I feel like I haven't heard anybody talking about HBO Max originals. You know, mm-hmm. people still talk about HBO stuff because, you know, it's HBO. Uh, but, yeah, that's the first time I've heard anybody say, like, oh, you got to watch this Max original. So mm-hmm. might have to, might have to check that out. Yeah. 2021 will be will be hot for, for HBO Max, that's for sure. But mm-hmm. uh, get on your Roku. Your Roku-enabled TVs have a good time with it. On the flip side of that, maybe you're not watching Wonder Woman or maybe right after you watch Wonder Woman, you can switch your app over to Disney Plus and catch Pixar's Soul. Uh, the upcoming movie where uh, it looks like someone who's a music uh, guy who's really invested in music, music player, um, gets lost somewhere between heaven and hell um, and uh, looks to go on an adventure with Tina Fey, voices the the, the little um, the anti-hero or whatever, and then the main one's uh, Jamie uh, Fox, right? Jamie Fox? So, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, um, there's... Disney Plus has another little Pixar thing called Inside Pixar, I think that's what it's yes. called. And in the first episode, they do actually a little behind the scenes of uh, Soul. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It looks really exciting. Uh, the, the One of the writers of the movie was kind of talking about how he, blo- he, how he brought some of his uh, black experiences to the story. That... Um, that uh, some well, who's the guy over there? Pete Doctor. That maybe Pete Doctor wouldn't have the same uh, perspective on because he's just not a black guy. So uh, it seems like this is going to have uh, this kind of cultural angle to it, which I'm looking forward to watching. And I mean, usually we d- we don't talk about this type of stuff on the show, or we wait until the movie comes out. But the initial impressions I've heard are pretty good for Soul. So uh, that makes me pretty happy. Uh, you know, I wouldn't give you initial impressions of Wonder Woman whether I knew or not because I, I kind of like to keep that stuff close to the chest until we get to watch it. Yeah. But yeah, I, the Soul apparently is being received well, well, and I'm not surprised. I mean, it's a strong team that's behind it, right? And, and well, it's and again we we we've, we've said this over and over. Pixar f- trailers suck. Um, they're not for us. They're not to draw us in, right? So um, we we may sit there and watch them and be like, yeah, it's all right. You know, hype's not really real until you watch it. And they're like, okay, that's a really good movie. So yeah. um, I'm excited for this. Again, like I said, Trent Reznor, um, Atticus Ross, uh, Nine Inch Nails do the soundtrack in this, and you never guess that based on the like the jazz um, inspiredness of it. So I'm very excited to see kind of how that that trickles yeah, down a little bit. They, they had a little bit of an extended clip at the Disney investor day last week for soul that I really, really liked. It was just a, it was a sliver of him teaching like jazz class. At, it looked like a high school and it was, it was pretty yeah. funny. So yeah, I, I'm looking, I'm looking to dive into this on Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, man, we got, to, we got some, we got some good stuff to stream this, the end of the mm-hmm. year. So some, some premier content for sure. All right, let's shift gears. What's what you guys are waiting for? This is Mandalorian season two, entire season, final episode wrap up talk. We're going to be talking full spoilers about this. Um, I think at, at the start of it, though, I just like to say um, I think season two 
uh, took season one and uh, improved upon it. I'm very happy with the end results here. So um, I don't know. Do you, you feel compared comparatively? I like that we got more. I like that we got more of it for sure. You know, the episode length extended. It felt like, like I, I, it, they never needed to prove that the show could work. You know, I mean, you had John Favreau, the head of a Star Wars project. It was going to be a premium series. Everybody was super excited for it. So I feel like now that the first season's done, they're just like, okay, we can. It felt like they really went hard, mm-hmm. right? They went at season two with like every idea that they really wanted. I mean, we got. I mean, like we said, spoilers. If you're here, we're talking about it all. I mean, just list all the stuff we got right. We got snow spiders, Boba Fett, <laughs> Boba Fett's back i mean like holy crap bo katan and and uh some of the other uh mandalorians from the clone war series ahsoka's back we got we got to see like her two like light the first time we've ever seen live action non-colored lightsabers i just thought that was a big deal in and of itself that's really adding to the live action canon for sure and then i mean we got i i mean it's it's luke skywalker i mean like i i mean it's insane that we got all of that in one season I was fully expecting when we were talking uh, uh, between seasons one and season two on the show. I mean, we knew Ahsoka was coming. I thought she was going to be the season finale. Yeah, they sh- she showed up in like episode what three, four, not four. even like halfway, like like halfway she was the halfway the point. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's crazy how they didn't pull any punches. Um, this was a surprise to me. You told me that these, what are they called? Dark, dark troopers. troopers. Yes. Dark, the dark troopers have actually existed in previous kind of canon already would you say you said it was a video game yeah I think so you said is where they yeah, first there's appeared real-time strategy games there's um uh, galactic battlegrounds and i forget empire at war so those were units you could craft and upgrade um in, yeah. in that in that game i i thought they looked they looked really really cool i like the intimidating nature of them i did think it was kind of funny how you can't really think about the concept of them too much or the purpose kind of the Star Wars universe starts to kind of fall apart too much if you look at it in some areas a little too hard right because we just they did a whole entire um trilogy where they phased out robots and went over to humans and they tried mm-hmm. to find ways to say like oh humans are so much better because we can do things they can think and stuff like that and then you have these people here trying to like oh no 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 humans suck we're gonna shift back to the robots the robots were the way to go i don't yeah. know why we ever changed the the emperor was crazy i'm glad he's dead we're going back to robots because really when I think about it, uh, like at the end of the day, uh, the, the droids are more threatening to me than a stormtrooper, right? The stormtrooper at this point in time is just like a meme of how bad that they can shoot. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I never feel threatened when my hero is in front of a stormtrooper because like it's just they've never really been threatening, well, right? The droids have always been so much more like when those destroyer droids like roll yeah. in and then they and they open up and they just start firing and then the heroes, whether they're Jedi's or not, are just like, what the hell do we do? There's yeah. just like this this remote controlled turret, not even remote control. There's this sentient turret with a shield bubble like just blasting away. Like we like they literally would just run away from them because they couldn't do but, anything. And, and, uh, and, so it's <laughs> well, you ran because I mean the, the stormtroopers always been like you know they. Were goofy they couldn't do anything in the old trilogy right but they were also mm-hmm. not the clones so when they introduced the clones they just became like a mass you know uh cut and copy cut and copy right uh, paste uh-huh. you know of of these things which which you know i can eventually tie into boba fett because you know he, he's technically one of those but like at the same time you never know what a droid's packing um what secret is he gonna have that we don't know about mm-hmm. um which you know again i i think more of um 
what's his name? Uh, General Grievous. You know, he's technically ninety nine percent droid. Um, and he's like <laughs> Appar- the other percent is lungs because yeah. that's the only reason why he coughs, right? Yeah, and, and his eyes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But but yeah. So I mean, like the the dark troopers again. Like you said, you know, they they went to stormtroopers, but at the same time, like this Moff Gideon doesn't feel like a normal Imperial person. Um, it, it, he feels like he's like holding he, on to some weird stuff because it works for him and yeah, not something it se- else. It seems like the empire got a little wacky after it got beat, right? They're yeah. just kind of like the only people that are left can kind of seize power. It seems like that, that might be some storylines that they'll follow up on, but that's kind of the gist I was getting from it. You know, nobody's really in control. There's kind of, they're out there on their own light cruisers doing whatever they can do. Um, I don't know if they revealed it at some point in time, maybe on a monitor, but I think in that final episode, he finally confirmed that they were working on clones with Grogu, right? Like he was, they were spinning up cloning again. Well, right? That that was a couple episodes ago. Yeah. Um, whenever they went and, and assaulted that, um, that base, uh, on, um, Cara Dune's planet. Uh, oh, was that when those, I those were clone they, tubes in there and they said it in the, uh, I don't, I don't yeah. know if they ever said the word clone, though, but, the, but it was I, on I the, suppose, it was in the background. Like you said, yeah. it was like on a monitor thing. Behind yeah. Me. I suppose it, it was heavily inferred, but you know, it yeah. kind of went over my head, you know, even though we are going to talk a lot about how, a lot about Luke here in the second, I think the biggest surprise to me was uh, Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Not so much that he came back because as a fan, I was totally fine with them just showing him in the foreground while watching uh, the Mandalorian kind of like cruise off, you know, just the acknowledgement to me that the character survived and he was just kind of out there, you know, living his life without his arm. That was enough for me. He didn't need to go on and do anything in my opinion. And I would have been just fine for (laughs) just the canon to acknowledge that he survived because uh, as a kid watching him fall into that Sarlacc pit, you know, so many times, as many times as I've watched that movie. Yeah. You've always wondered what happened to him. So the fact that he was alive, was great so not only that but like not only is he coming back not only did he come back he's getting his like own damn tv show i mean wow that was a really big surprise to me and i have to say i love the addition because i i i won't give boba fett all the credit to this you know it just happened in the episode that he was in uh, uh, stormtrooper armor shattering. Oh, I think yeah. that is his, his, so cool. His fighting style going from like, oh, they're just shooting blasters or, you know, using this um, best car kind of like uh, whatever, you know. No, no. He's physically going hand to hand with all these stormtroopers. Yeah. And like, isn't that that is insane. I would love anybody out there. If you have a cannon shot of stormtrooper armor just shattering i know it seems so simple and it seems like such an obvious thing that they could do but i guess maybe back in the more practical days they didn't just want to be wrecking all of this armor that they spent so uh much time making but blasters also don't shatter right you just get a burn Mm -hmm. mark and then you're dead yeah Uh, so like Mm -hmm. this was like the first time there was like or like you know what a lightsaber might cut through it but like Mm -hmm. the first time a blunt force has actually met um, whatever stormtrooper armor is made out of. Yeah, and it was great. It was a great dude. Whoever on set, I don't know if it was happened to be the director of that episode or if it was any of the showrunners. I just love the, uh, once they get smashed, just like the a shattering of white behind them. It just, it was great. It was a great addition. Well, um, well what's cool is, and this is in our show notes here, that I, you know, this on Christmas Day, Disney Plus is also adding a making of season two Mandalorian featurette. Oh, so, great. I didn't know that. So that's, you know, possibly we could get those answers. Uh, this this week, 
um, because yeah. a lot of these and episodes w- were directed by famous directors uh, all around. Yeah, and I would love to hear Filoni geek out some more. I'm sure he'll have a story behind like the 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 we say Death Troopers, right? Death. Uh, dark. dark. These are dark troopers. Death troopers dark. are stormtroopers in the black armor from season one. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I would love to see him talk about like, oh yeah, they were in like an old vi- Star Wars video game I played, and I wanted to bring them back or something like that. I I would totally believe that he knew of these already in his head, and he didn't mm-hmm. need some like research assistant coming up to him and say, oh, we can use these for the for the villain in it. Um, I think my favorite episode of the whole of the whole season was the second to last episode with Bill Burr because yeah. there was just so much going on there that I really really loved. Uh, for me, it proved that you can do the Mandalorian without Baby Yoda slash Grogu. Who knows yeah. if what's going to happen moving forward? We'll talk about that in a little bit, but it just shows like you don't need that cute guy in the background all of the time. Sometimes I actually like it when he's kind of off and we know he's safe. Or I guess in in this uh, episode he was wasn't safe but there's nothing they could do about it it was just mando could just kind of go in and wreck stuff you didn't have to worry about almost doing like one of those escort missions in like a video game right Mm -hmm. um so i loved him going down there with uh with (laughs) with bill burr and uh bill burr just like just giving him just giving him just like jabbing him you know just like making fun of him for like wearing a helmet and all that and i love i love that they're kind of breaking this mold of where he always has to wear the helmet, right? right. Because I feel like w- sometimes the show is uh, detrimental because you can't see the emotions coming off our main character, right? We have to rely on so many people around him or just context clues of how he should be feeling. Like, I'm not an idiot, right? I can understand whether Pedro Pascal is mad or upset based on the scene, but like, I'm watching a TV show. I need to see some of the emotion at some point in time because I think back to other characters that have to wear helmets right like think about carl urban and like dread right you can at least see the bottom half of his face right. so you can get some emote there and like he's a and the mandalorian himself is a reserved person so just by like his creed and the way he operates he's not very energetic like i'm like in my like like i'm in front of my microphone like really moving around my arms right like that's something he never does so i'm always like i'm always looking for more out of him so like i'm really excited whenever he takes the helmet off and we can actually see him and that intense scene where they're both sitting down at the table talking to that general and he's and he's looking oh. over at Bill Burr like don't do it don't do it because you can get that out of his eyes in that direction so you know oh. he takes off the helmet one more time in the next episode so you know it's kind of a story point too right he's loosening right. up his creed a little bit he's learning what type of person he wants well, to be so I, I want to see more of Pedro's face well yeah I think that's going to come around in season 3 I think we're going to get more of the his background like his clan that he came from right are actually um, Darth Maul clan people like you saw those Clone Wars episodes right um, mm-hmm. where, where Maul is leading the Death Watch on Mandalore Yeah. well that's the clan he came from because their armor is actually that they show is from that death watch thing where they have like the the um mall spikes on on their head of the armor so i think we're gonna see him probably dive into the history of mandalore a little bit more in the background because once he met uh bo katan and, and and her crew they were he's like why do you take your helmets off he's like you're not real mandalorians and she's actually like well we're more actually real mandalorians than you are so uh, I think I think there's going to be a lot of challenging what he knows as as a, a foundling and stuff like that. Now, does he need to take his helmet off more? I I'm I'm on the fence. I don't I I, I get what they do and if they can continue to convey with his body actions and, and his voice, I think it's fine. I th- actually think it 
I think it enhances him a little bit more because then you can project more of like he should feel sad. He's probably feeling sad, or he's like he's upset. One of the coolest parts is that episode you mentioned the one previously is at the end where he messages Moff Gideon and he's like pretty much does the line from Taken, right? It's like I I don't know <laughs> who you are, uh, you know I don't know why you have it, but just give me the kid back and nothing bad happens. Um, but uh, I think I think what's interesting is yeah I'm gonna jump into this last episode here. Uh, for for me the whole season as a whole I think is is one sweet package right it starts with Cobb Vanth and the founding of Boba Fett's armor all the way through Boba Fett uh Ahsoka um this uh um you know the, the Bill Burr stuff which is like more like a wartime episode if I could be honest in, in terms of mm-hmm. Star Wars but then this last one where it literally makes you guess the whole time what's going on you're like you think you know the answers you're like this is what's going to happen and then it just keeps pulling the rug out from under you repeatedly, 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 because you're like, okay, they're going to go do this thing. Um, I thought it was cool to also to see the TIE fighter shoot out of the ship, out of the nose, where they oh, launch yeah, them. Oh, that was fun. Because um, that's actually a clone trooper uh, vessel from uh, from the Clone Wars days. Uh, but before I, before I go on down a tangent, like the Darksaber thing was, was, was crazy because, you know, I forgot that you have to best someone to own the Darksaber, right? So now, mm-hmm. now they've set up this whole rivalry between Bo-Katan and Din Djarin because he accidentally took the Darksaber when he beat um, Moff Gideon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was like, oh, he's just going to give it to them. Everything's going to be fine. She's going to have the lightsaber and probably kill uh, Gideon, right? Nope, nothing like that. Um, then there's a, this Jedi, or this X-Wing pulls up, right? I'm like, okay, this is going to be one of two characters. I bet it's Ahsoka. Best case scenario, this is going to be Ezra Bridger from Rebels, right? Um, mm-hmm. Then a green lightsaber pops. And I'm like, no, no, it's not Ahsoka now. I guess it's probably Ezra Bridger because that ties into the Ahsoka, you know, Dave Filoni stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I saw a black fucking glove, Mike. <laughs> and when I saw a black glove, um, I, um, I, or not 10 minutes before, I'm like, I told my wife, I'm like, hey, you know, wouldn't it be funny if it's Luke Skywalker? She's like, yeah, yeah, sure. And then, then guess what? It was true to form post Return of the Jedi, dark cloak, dark robes, Luke Skywalker doing the what 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 one like the Mandalorian himself had trouble doing with one dark trooper. He massacred this entire platoon of dark troopers. Right, you could see the fear in Gideon's eyes as. They were getting laid to waste by one Jedi, and the the crumple of them with that the the, the green lightsaber glow that took me back to the early '90s. Chris, Mike, this was this is me running around with my <laughs> battery powered lightsaber that didn't close all, all the way. I say it all the time. It's all about the lightsabers, yeah. baby. It is. So my so the first thing I do is I go grab my green lightsaber, uh, <laughs> my Luke Skywalker that has batteries and makes sounds and glows and and makes sounds when you hit it. I'm like, this takes me back. 25 goddamn years uh to see this that's yeah. i was like a kid on christmas watching this episode Mike. Yeah, i don't know about I, you but i had a very similar experience where yeah they're, they're setting it up to where our characters have no way out right we they're they're letting us know something crazy is going to happen because uh mando could barely take on one of these uh troopers and now they're all lined up outside the door they're ready to bust in they they have no plan nobody's come up with anything i kind of thought possibly maybe baby yoda might start like evil like kind of like angrily squinting and maybe he'll use some force to save them uh but that was really the only idea that i could think of but you know they weren't really cutting to him that often 
So I was like, something's going to happen. Then we see the X-Wing pull up, and I went through the exact same things, Chris. I was like, okay, who is this? Is this Ahsoka? If it's Ahsoka, the first thing I'm going to see is two lightsabers, right? They're showing the security footage, only one lightsaber. I was like, okay, well, it seems like they'd show two if it's Ahsoka. And, and, and then, like, I'm starting to figure out, okay, what kind of form is under the cloak? Is it slow moving? Is it quick moving? At, at a moment, I thought it would be, before I realized the lightsaber was green, I thought it would be really, really cool if it was Mace Windu, because we've yet to see a body. I would love to see the character come back uh so i was like that could be a possibility too uh i actually didn't see the glove right away like you did um i don't know if i was just so caught up in the moment i mean there's lots of dark things happening uh, sometimes characters just wear gloves so i really just didn't connect with me but you know once they start telegraphing the shot enough you realize oh this is going to be a big reveal so the whole idea and concept of, of Luke was really, really cool, right? I mean, it just shows you that they're not holding back at all. Like, they, they have gotten full trust, right? You know, because I feel like a lot of the times, if you were watching some of the animated stuff, you're if you were watching some more of these offshoots of Star Wars, it kind of feels like watching uh, the CW superhero shows, right? It's just kind of like, what is Warner Brothers going to let them do? What are they going to be allowed to do? Like, what are the writers put forward, and what do they expect to get back? But it, it just really shows you that Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni are allowed to do whatever the hell they want. They are not going to say no to anything that they want to do. I mean, John Favreau's pretty much ignited the beginning of the MCU. It seems like he's doing the same thing over there with Star Wars. So all I have to say is I love everything. I love all of the ideas here. But uh, uh, if I have to start airing grievances, I think I have to say the execution of not just Luke, but some of the other stuff in the show has been letting me down a little bit. So I have to say the show boomerangs for me back and forth, I want to say from like maybe like a B minus to an A plus, right? I mean, no complaints there, right? You know, I, I was always happy getting Bs in any class I was ever in because it's still, you're still above average, right? And I mean, this is like the a Star Wars TV show. It always looks great. I'm always having a fun time but you know sometimes it's not always the best that it can be uh sometimes the writing has a little bit too much exposition to it uh sometimes the characters just say some dumb stuff that i'm just like okay why i understand that you're in a weird fantasy space world but you know i don't think really anybody talks like this even from whatever weird planet that you come from you got bill burr talking like he's from boston in space which i, I just think is kind of funny but i'm always having a good time right but I, I have to say, and I, there's been a little bit of there's been a little bit of friction out there on the internet of the execution of Luke, right? From my point of view, I don't think the technology is there yet for what they wanted to pull off. I mean, a one little shot of Leia saying one line at the end of like a Star Wars story movie, just to kind of hook it up to the very next movie, like literally minutes away from starting the very first Star Wars movie. Yeah, go ahead, give it a shot, right? You know, oh, are you going to throw Tarkin into it? You know, nobody cares about Tarkin. He's like, some people might not even realize that he ex that he existed if they don't watch a lot of the original trilogy that much, right? He's just kind of like this side character that gets, you know, that, you know, he's just an old guy doing uh, doing uh, evil stuff in the background in the, old, in the other movies, right? But like, this is Luke Skywalker. I mean, you, I feel like if you can't at least do it 95% of the way, uh, just don't do it at all or find a way around around it so for me it just it didn't quite reach that threshold so as excited as i was 
to see that cloak walk into the room, to see the lightsaber, to see him wreck all of these troopers. There was this awesome scene where he pushed one away, and then a second later, he brought another one towards him, and then while he was flying towards him, he sliced them in half. I mean, so cool, right? So as hyped as I was to see that cloak come off, and then to see the face, and then to hear the voice, which I know the voice is Mark Hamill, and you have lots of hard decisions that you have to make here, right? I just, it, they did not coalesce for me, which unfortunately took me out of this moment. The, all this fun that I was having, I was just like, oh, what is happening? So I know a lot of people out there didn't have that moment, and I'm very envious of you, and I, and I wish I could have been in the same boat, but... Yeah, Chris, what did you think about the execution? Oh, I mean, I I'm I'm the other end. I I don't I don't let that bother me. I understand it's a filmmaking limitation, but I don't let it bother me. However, I I do want to point out like this this technology does exist, and I sent you specifically on accident earlier this week. Um, <laughs> yeah, someone, talk about uh, happenstance, right? <laughs> someone on Rogue One took the Rogue One scene with Tarkin and then um, compared it to a deep fake that they did. Uh, mm-hmm. And as you can tell, the deep fake uh, from this, this YouTube video was much better than the actual yeah. inclination. Now, mind you, we're four years out from when they did this, um, you know. But you know, ILM, a studio that has the amount of money they do, the the amount of clout they do, could probably go get uh, you know something off Snapchat filter and do better uh, sometimes <laughs> in some of this stuff. Uh, but you know, again, again, I don't know what the incl- I don't know what team, what, how small of a team had to work on this to keep this a secret. Um, which is where I give them a little bit of credit because I'm like, this wasn't a leak. No one knew about this. This didn't even yeah. come up until the day of. And even then that was like the bit, like the hardest thing to get away from on the fucking news on Friday was this, this big reveal before I could watch it. But mm-hmm. like, I will say, you know, they were able to keep their secret at a small team at the cost of the quality. I assume is what, where I'm going to see. Now I did see an interview with Mark Hamill, or this week where he's like, I've had to keep this secret for a year. So how long ago did they start working on this? Uh, yeah. Because technically they just need his face and his voice for that line, yeah. those lines and then be done. I yeah, so. I mean, I, I love, I love Mark Hamill. Everybody loves Mark Hamill and I do not want to offend the man in any way. If he ever gets the opportunity to listen to this, God, I would love it. If he ever listened to our show, he's just so awesome. He's so talented. I'm basically putting, saying all this just to hedge my bets, just in case, but it didn't sound like him to me. Like I, I like I do, I don't know. I don't know what happened. That's the thing. And I don't know if we'll ever know exactly what happened. Maybe in the making of, hopefully they'll talk about it a little bit more, but like Mark Hamill, I, he, he's a great voice actor, but I, he could, for me, could not turn back the clock and sound like he did back in the the seventies and eighties to me. I don't know exactly what happened there. Hmm. Um, I mean, they're, they're making, check they're your sound bar. So I, like, like they're making calls that they have to that that they have to do, right? You know, they're like, okay, we want Luke to be in this episode. How do we do it? Uh, do we do we not show him at all? You know, do we have him talk at all? If we have him talk, who does the voice? Uh, there's technology out there that can mine audio from the past and turn it into a voice. And I'm sure eventually they'll get around to doing that. But they, they I'm sure that's not ready for prime time just yet. So, you know, was the best decision to be like, let's just bring in Mark and just see what he can do. And whether if people end up hating it, they're going to have to admit that they hate Mark Hamill and they'll never, they're never going to do that. So at least this can kind of, you know, push some of that ire away. Like I'm almost curious, like if we're talking about where the season goes, right. You know, we see Grogu leave with Luke. Uh, Mando says, I'll see you again. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, R2. I thought that that was actually my favorite part, seeing yeah. R2 like spin around. I was like, oh, it's R2. I love R2. His and him beeping and booping. Yeah. He's like, hey, I used to be the cute thing in Star Wars. Now I'm yeah. meeting the new cute thing in Star Wars. Um, so you know, who knows? I I don't necessarily. I don't extrapolate so far to think that Grogu got killed by Kylo Ren. You know, I oh, saw yeah. some people making that argument out there. It's like, I don't think that happens. I mean, there's a lot of years from what we just saw uh, to when Kylo Ren comes through, right? You know, I feel like there's a lot that can still happen there's, there. So, so I, there is a, a Kylo Ren comic book that is canon that came out um, after the Rise of Skywalker, uh-huh. right before. That shows the actual Padawans he fought and had and killed, um, and, and this was there was no Baby Yoda at this point in time, so I'm pretty <laughs> sure he's. Good. He was in the background behind a chair like he always is. He never yeah. got any bigger. Yeah, that's just he's like a, he's just gonna stick that size. He's just gonna stay super I, cute forever. That's that's his superpower, right? Well, I was thinking, what if um, Taika Waititi's movie is Teen Grogu, you know, a <laughs> hundred years in the future? You know, past <laughs> all this Groot. stuff, uh, because because oh, uh, we have Groot and Baby Groot, right? So we have Grogu and, yeah. and Teen Grogu. So I don't, yeah. I don't know. Maybe yeah. maybe Taika Waititi's movie deals with this. <laughs> I mean, I could put out a very very unpopular opinion here that nobody's gonna like. So that's probably why they didn't go this way. You know, if if they are the, if they really want to keep Luke within this story, I almost felt like they should have like just recast him, right? Just bring somebody in that get that Mark Hamill Sebastian gives his blessing Stan. to. Oh, that looks like been, Luke Skywalker. Whoa. Yeah, that would have been so cool because then you can really use Luke, right? Because I went back and I watched the scene again just before the podcast. Uh, uh, the Luke Skywalker ain't moving at all, right? He's basically a pole in the ground as soon as he takes that hood off. Like, I think he bends over to pick up uh, Grogu, right? Because he puts his hands up and he's like, up, up, pick me up. So there's a little bit of that going on, but he is pretty much... Uh, motionless and doesn't even really show a lot of emotion right you know I don't necessarily think the scene needed him to make a big spectacle right but yeah he's not really not doing that much at all so it's hard for me to imagine uh, Luke Skywalker coming back in season 3 season 4 season 5 whatever and really doing anything uh, of much but you know if they do uh, you know a recast could have helped well the only thing I I can see they could still do that right like that's not out of the gate like this may have been like their hey like we're we need a, a result during quarantine and we need we to really want to be trending again <laughs> we want to pull this off so how do we do it now not thinking you know hey maybe they hadn't greenlit the ahsoka the rangers of the new republic or the book of boba fett shows yet um which are all going to tie together right that's what they said at their, at their, their their call so maybe you know there is a chance down the road if they want to do that but i think this was a i think this was a very smart move to bring him in mike to give Grogu to someone we know and trust to then set the Mandalorian out on a different story that doesn't revolve around babysitting um, a child for a lot of it. Uh, which- well, that was a that was a weird thing for me too because I was trying to figure out what are they telling me with this final episode? Are they saying that we have officially wrapped the Grogu storyline? Grogu is done. The Mandalorian has completed his mission. Now it's time for him to continue on a new journey. Now, like much of the other Mandalorian episodes, we have seen characters return, but the way they kind of wrap this one up, I don't expect to see Grogu again anytime soon. Right? Mm-hmm. This seemed like a pretty bittersweet sense off you know with him taking the helmet off and him touching his face like oh my god so sweet how cute was that like uh, I heard people were shedding tears when they saw that I mean wow what a tearjerker so 
it seemed definitive, but not quite. So I was like, it didn't really feel like they were totally wrapping up the storyline. So I feel like I'm in a very nebulous zone, right? Of just like, okay, what's going to happen with this show? Because I guess if we can roll right into the post credit scene, uh, we get to see Boba Fett go back and take over Jabba's palace and bam, the book of Boba Fett conveniently coming out the exact same time Mandalorian season three is supposed to premiere. So well, that begs the, it begs the question is the book of Boba Fett really even its own show? The answer is, is it going to be it? The answer is yes, it is its own show. These are two separate shows. Um, those have been confirmed. I will tell you before we jump into Boba Fett, the Mandalorian does leave on a, the point we talked about. He, Din Djarin has the dark saber. He is now the King of Mandalore. So what does that look like for him next season? I think, I think that's where the next part goes. Like we can take, we can take the Mandalorian and Din Djarin story. Like who has he become over two seasons? He was just a bounty hunter, right? Who floated like a nomad with his Mandalorians. And now he's got a reputation. He's dealing with Jedi. He has a dark saber who can, who essentially, I guess in theory, is the leader of Mandalore now? Are they gonna? Is that where they're gonna go with this or, or not? So I'd, I'd I'd I think that's where them, the season three is. Yeah, I'd love to see them go to a really populated planet. Right? Correct me huh? if I'm wrong. Uh, Mando hasn't really gone to a metropolis yet, has he? I mean, he's gone to kind of some like deep seated, like uh, underbelly cities yeah. and like bars and stuff, but like. I would love to see like a beautiful vista shot of maybe what Mandalore looks like now, whether it's, you know, a good place or a bad place, how destroyed it is. But yeah, I'd kind of like to see him in a metropolis area. I mean, that's what Mandalore looked like the last time I saw it in the Clone Wars. Well, they said a bunch of, it's been glass. It's been shot to pieces, but you know, maybe they, you know, he, where he hasn't gone Coruscant, uh, which is a popular place to be these days, I hear. Uh, no, I don't know. But, I mean, um, he could go to Coruscant or something like that. I, I, I agree. But I, I think we're going to see his personal growth uh, affect him in Season 3 rather than anything else. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, they have, in fact, confirmed that the Book of Boba Fett is a separate series from the same creative team as The Mandalorian, John Favreau and Dave Filoni, the, the two Fs, if you will. Yeah. Um, so are we looking like a, uh, do you think Disney plus is going to change up their release days and, you know, maybe like Wednesday, it's like the book of Boba Fett and Friday it's Mandalorian. Or are we going to hmm. get kind of like a back to back, like kind of marathon every Friday where, you know, they, they have us held captive Mandalorian Monday. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know because they put these up at three in the morning, right? So they could literally do yeah, two different days. Honestly. Yeah, that's gotta that's gotta change. In my opinion, they gotta stop posting this stuff in the middle of the night. Uh, also, like with this big Luke Skywalker reveal, I feel yeah. bad for anybody that got spoiled from that. I mean, this is a big show. We talked about when uh, when Game of Thrones ended. Is appointment television ever going to return? Was that the end of it? I, the Mandalorian I, is like the closest thing that we have, and I think it is appointment television. So I, I'm not saying you got to move it to Sunday, but you got to move it to a more concrete time. You mm. got to give people a shot that when they wake up in the morning, they don't just open up their phone and the first thing they see well, is a spoiler. Or, so I, I, I think got to change. I have I have a coworker. He he um, he actually gets up really early in the morning. He watched it before he came into work now mind you he's very conscious and we 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 know what limits we are to to reveal things so yeah i was i was you know blessed for that but at the same time you know like uh yeah people who wake up on friday morning could ruin it for everybody else so if you put on a Mm -hmm. weekend day i'd gladly stay up late friday night 
to watch it Saturday at 3 in the morning or vice versa. Wake up early Saturday. Don't get on anything and just watch it right away in my jammies. Or, or just do it like, do it like, uh, I mean, just do it like Game of Thrones. Do 9 do nine p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You know, that's 6 p.m. West Coast Time. You know, that gives us a, that gives us enough flexibility to, to, to get in there and watch it as soon as mm-hmm. possible. Because even if it's 6 o'clock, you know, back in the days when I would uh, drive around the city of Los Angeles and it would take me a, ra- a while to get home, at least I know, oh, once 6 o'clock, clock hits you know just don't look at my phone just stay away from the internet until like an hour or two until i can get around to watching it i can manage that but the whole freaking day i mean yeah i really really hope that they change that because they got a lot new they got a lot of new stuff coming out we're finally about to get the first marvel show i think they got to tweak their times a little bit i I think i definitely agree and and since they're episodic and not the whole series friday doesn't make any sense um i think friday worked like for netflix like here's your whole show on a friday watch it before you talk to people on monday um it's yeah i agree so what i would like to see if, if i could be honest the book of boba fett could still be our friday show and the mandalorian on sunday I, I, I like Sunday watching. I need something to yeah. watch on Sunday. And and you, you split them up because the Book of Boba Fett, I mean, it could probably give us some spoilers, but not nearly as many as The Mandalorian's been dropping the past two years. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, I could see that. Now, the Book of Boba Fett, this interesting post-credit scene, which is the first time in, in, in this thing, Boba Fett goes to Jabba's palace and sees one of my most favorite underrated side characters, Bib Fortuna, right, who has definitely <laughs> put on the weight uh, in the past five years. And literally just shoots him and takes over the throne there. Uh, mm-hmm. And with uh, Finnick Shand as his right-hand uh, woman, if you will. Uh, mm-hmm. What was cool is actually some of the characters in there were dressed up as their characters from Return of the Jedi. They're not the same actors, but you could see like background characters that were the same. So mm-hmm. uh, I really loved the return to, to this. So now uh, I think maybe you asked a question or somebody asked a question. Is Fett the king of Tatooine? Um, because the Jabba kind of ran Tatooine as a whole. Mm-hmm. So does that make him the king of Tatooine and Din Djarin the king of Mandalore? <laughs> well, I mean, if we're working on some sort of like connected, I mean, so they they said the the new um, what, what Rangers the, of the New Republic, Rangers, Rangers. I was like, it's not Rogues. It's the yeah, the Rangers, and we're getting the Ahsoka show, and the Mando are supposed to team up. So I wonder if maybe Boba will show back up. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I just love that whole post credit scene. It was really really fun. I love that they that they made your uh, your favorite side character fat yeah. because it go, it just goes to show you that he just became a gluttonous as soon as he got the chance. Um, I was doing some uh, kind of frame-by-frame frame, uh, look at the post credit scene, and I never realized this before, that Jabba's throne has the, um, uh, has the uh, not the Sarlacc, the... Um, the Rancor. The, the Rancor. The Rancor. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Rancor's head is like on the each arms of the throne, and I never realized that before, oh. so I thought that was pretty cool. So maybe we'll get to see the Rancor again. Uh, maybe the first episode of the Book of Boba Fett is he's just cleaning up the palace. He's like, man, this place is dirty. Let's go around and clean it up. What are we going to do with this yeah. Rancor down here? I don't know. Just release him. Let him run around on the sands. He's been down here for too long. Oh, no, he, uh, he I, dead. Luke Skywalker killed him. Oh, I'm sure they got other ones. Nah, you know? the, they only well, I don't know. <laughs> that guy in the diaper cried pretty hard like there was no other ones left. So maybe that was the only Rancor. <laughs> well, there's two of them on the throne, right? There's yeah. one on each arm. Maybe there's another one in another pit somewhere. Yeah. Well, um, either way, I, th- I think it's an interesting <laughs> thing because, again, Tatooine is, is again, the, the home of... Luke, where Luke Skywalker grew up, and you know the Obi One series is probably going to take place here. But I feel this is going to be very much like Disney, not Disney as a whole. Not, I'm not going to give any credit to Kathleen Kennedy. Dave Filoni uh, <laughs> is trying to build um, his Star Wars cinematic universe 
on a TV level the way Marvel did. Um, because they said all these shows will tie together and there will be some event down the road. Well, is that the event where we get to see Grogu again, right? Is this is this cloning procedure that Moff Gideon, because he wasn't killed off, is that going to come back to fruition at the end of this series? These series? So I, th- I think that's where we're going to see it. I think we're going to see the, the Gideon payoff in all these shows, Force-sensitive stormtroopers or something like that. I don't know. But um, the Book of Boba Fett's got my attention because they did not announce that at Investor Day, and they are... Not holding back in any of these shows, as we now know. <laughs> I, I tell you what, nobody is more excited and thankful than the actor who plays Boba Fett now and who played Jango Fett of Tamora Morrison. Tamora Morrison, I think, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, come on. Like, this dude probably thought after the Clone Wars he was never going to be seen again, and now he's coming back. He's Boba Fett, like, one of the most iconic Star Wars characters out there, and he's getting his own TV show. I mean, that dude's going through a freaking whirlwind right you, now. You know, he was the Aquaman's dad in the the Aquaman movie, too. Oh, what was he? Well, I mean, like, I mean, that's not a bad role, but I mean, that's not exactly the the biggest role in that movie. Yeah, but (laughs) he was the voice of, uh, again, another smaller role, but uh, the voice of Moana's dad in um, the movie Moana. So maybe he'll he'll come back for that, too. Yeah, Chief Tui. Yeah, so, and and then, again, they use his voice quite a bit for what was it? Attack of the Clone, not Attack, Revenge of the Sith. All the clones had his voice. He was doing voice work for years for for Star Wars. Yeah, I wasn't necessarily saying the guy was yeah. destitute, but talk about being catapulted to the, to the top Tw- echelon of streaming. Just almost it twenty seems years. Like twenty years later, I forgot. You know he, I just pulled. He, deser- he deserves it. They've been using his likeness in the Clone Wars for so many years. Yeah. So I'm glad he was able. Uh, to step He's up. probably getting those kickbacks, but I forgot he also played uh, Abin Sir in the Green Lantern movie. The guy who gives Green Lantern the ring. Like he is no strange. Put him in a Marvel movie. Put put this man in a Marvel movie. Where can we put him? <laughs> he's in the right house, right? He's yeah. in the Disney, yeah, the he, House of Mouse. He's been well. He was playing in DC in both, but now you know he's Star Wars. I mean, the guy's pushing. He'll be sixty on the day after Christmas. So I mean, he's just out here killing it. Yeah, good, <laughs> good for him. Good for him. Um, anything else about about Boba Fett? I mean, geez, we had Luke Skywalker and Boba Fett in the same. Mandalorian episode. Yeah, I, I was telling I was telling Chris before we started recording. I, I'm shocked that I didn't exit from the credits. Like I wasn't expecting an after credit scene, and I don't know why I I kept watching. But you know, I'm glad I did because I wasn't expecting this. That was really fun. Yeah, yeah. They uh, they knew how to pull out literally all the stops in one in one episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spider Man news, Mike. There is a rumor, hot rumor here, that uh, Marvel and Sony have behind the scenes extended the deal to keep Spider Man in this MCU after the next film. Good. Tom Holland needs to put in a little bit more work. I'm not saying he's uh, slacking, but you know, a lot of people are really are really really jiving on Miles Morales and his character of Spider-Man and yes I do indeed hope one day that that character comes in live action but he his whole character is embedded in the idea that he's coming up behind Peter Parker to fill a role you know to learn how to become his own Spider-Man you know if you just finish playing the 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 video game so yeah I think we need a couple more Tom Holland appearances we need to really ingrain him in the city of New York before Miles comes up so mm-hmm. yes i understand miles morales is so hot right now but if you want more of him just play the next spider-man game or watch the next animated spider-verse movie which is i'm sure is going to be amazing i just it makes more sense 
to for him to wait until they bring him in. And I hope it's not from a multiverse it, angle, right? You know, well, I hope he's just living in New York right now. Yeah. Well, they they kind of they kind of allude that in the, you know in the first one with um, uh, Donald Glover. Yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. I will tell you, I I, I almost ha- I have a theory behind this, Mike. Mm-hmm. For I think a year and a half ago, we th- we were hearing reports that Sony wanted to sell their movie division. They made all these movies and they've not released a single one. So I bet Sony was like, you know what? We could probably use some money for our film division. If you give us some cash, Disney, we'll work out more Spider-Man deals with you. Because yeah. Venom 2 isn't out yet. Um, what was the other one? Morbius has been sitting on the shelf for a year now. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no no release dates for any Sony movie. Even Ghostbusters, you know, like we're still waiting on it. So I think they put a lot into their film thing and nothing's come out. So they're like, well, what do we do? Uh, we need to probably pull some also, cash in. Also, I mean, like think about the pandemic, right? I mean, all movie studios uh, are, are, feeling the, are feeling the pinch, but Sony has Crackle. Crackle's yeah. not keeping Sony afloat. Sony's not about to put all of their... Not they're not going to be putting Ghostbusters day and day on Crackle, right? So this could be a point where you know Disney steps in and is just like, hey, if, if you want to make your investors happy, you know maybe you should sign on for a couple more Spider-Man <laughs> did, movies because you know they're going to make money if we make them. Did you see how much our stock rocketed after we made announcements not involving Spider-Man? <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a pretty uh, hard flex. If you were watching that Investor Day, you land on that landing page and they got the stock ticker yeah. right there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah. Well, it, it was for investors, but yeah, they're like, yeah, we know what's going to happen. Like you're not going <laughs> to be disappointed with this number, but yeah, I, I get, I think, I think Sony could be needing Marvel a little bit more than they thought they would. And Marvel's like, you know what, let's, let's cut a deal. Let's make this work. And, uh, I would love to see and, more Spider-Man stuff, him become more forefront rather than just this one-off kid adventures that they've kind of, we given know, him. and we know Tom Holland likes it, you know, and one thing I'm really looking forward to see, it looks like we're finally going to get it. I want to see Tom Holland in Manhattan proper, mm-hmm. right? I want to see him become a staple of the city because that's, that's very, very important. I think to the character story, you know, I'm glad that they kind of like, they've held back a little bit, told some other Spider-Man stories of him across, you know, across the sea or just more yeah. like the suburbs. I felt like that happened in, in the first film. I think they go to watch. Yeah. They go to Washington DC, yeah, right? Yeah. So they do some stuff over there. So I'm finally happy to see him like in the city. He's going to be part of the city. People are going to be thinking about him. Uh, you know, when, when, when crime happens, I guess there was a little bit of that at the beginning of far from home, you know, when he's in that bodega, not a bodega, he's in, is he in that uh, ATM area? Yeah. It was that the, is that the one with the ATM? Well, I think, I think it was the first one. Um, was it? Yeah. But, but, (laughs) well, either, yeah, well, I said we're getting three Spider-Man movies in between two Dr. Strange movies, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. But at at the same time, I agree with you. I think that the city Spider-Man only happens when he's not in high school. Um, so they need to get him out of high school quickly. Um, not that he doesn't look like that, but like, you know, when he had to, when he's on his own trying to fend for himself, being a photographer for the daily bugle, whether that happens or not anymore, you know, what's a photographer in today's world, you know, um, very essential, mind you, I think they're very essential, but like, yeah, how do you adapt that? But he needs to be on his own trying to make him money. And then that's when he lives in the city, like trying to, to yeah. become his own. But thing. also now his ID, his uh, his identification, his identity is sprung. Yeah. So that's going to it's going to change a lot. But e- either way, as much as we hate the joint custody of uh, Peter Parker between Sony and mm-hmm. Disney, uh, I'm glad that we're I'm glad that we're getting more because honestly, uh, Sony, if they were being petty, they could just they could just screw us all over. So I'm glad mm-hmm. they're making the right calls. Yeah. And then they would not make any money. And then they would be like, yep, yeah, we're back to we're back to Spider-Man 3 again um so yeah 
Lastly here, last topic here, Kevin Feige was on record this weekend saying uh, that the She-Hulk is a half-hour comedy series, which uh, most of the other ones we assume are an hour long, right? Um, mm-hmm. Episodic. And maybe this is will keep the budget low for the Green Hulk <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> I mean, what do you think? Uh, I- I mean, I'm I'm cool with this, right? Uh, almost this almost kind of seems like what they did in the movie space, right? Like every Marvel movie, once they kind of got out of the adolescence of the MCU, of every Marvel movie was its own like different genre of film, right? You know, it makes me wonder: is this going to be a different genre of television for each of these shows? Uh, if they want to do half-hour comedy, I think that's awesome, and they, yeah. they should do it. And also, it's it's comical, right? I mean, you got uh, a big green woman who's trying to be a serious lawyer, uh, that's that's humorous. I mean, like, there's there's no way around it. And the fact that, like, oh, her cousin comes and visits her at the office, they're sitting down, they're breaking chairs. Who makes the chairs for the Hulks? I mean, you got to have some reinforced steel. Is it just a bench? Is it just a concrete bench? Are they going to break the concrete bench? I don't know. Uh, yeah, and we got... Um, abomination coming back is he going to be goofy yeah uh at the end of the day uh uh, marvel has the cachet to where we trust what they're going to do especially in kevin feige's hands you know if we were getting these kind of reports out of a different studio or like a different project we'd probably be a little bit worried but yeah uh marvel has nothing but goodwill with us so far and and you know they they like to do um genres right like uh, genre films genre series so like we can't have a serious dramatic spy thriller the whole time we're we're sitting here so uh i mean let's 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 dive into comedy let's have a little fun let's go that route so i'm i'm totally on board with this um it'll be fun all right mike that's our show for the week we we did it we made it through with the fewest amount of topics possible uh Last week's notes was five pages long. This week was barely one. So, uh, <laughs> hey, we got an hour we, out of we it. We got we, an hour. We did, we did our community service. The judge will be happy. That's right. That's right. The <laughs> listeners, it's all for the listeners. But if people want to know what you're up to this week and they wish you Merry Christmas, where can I find you at? Oh, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram and Twitter. And you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, people want to catch up with you over the holidays. Where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, or Instagram, Valdan87. I believe we were playing Call of Duty yesterday when a friend of the show, Quentin Parker, tried to tag me for... Uh, yeah. and he couldn't remember what what it every, was but i was like it's... every once in yeah every once in a while if you happen to be on twitter at the right time you might see us tag in a twitch live feed so you might be able to see us play video games every once in a while yeah. i'm no good chris is probably better than me so you're not going to be seeing top tier talent yeah. that's for sure well you're gonna you're gonna at least hear us having some fun that that's and that's yeah. what matters so uh but he he couldn't remember i'm like it's he's like is it valdan 40, uh, 1985 I'm like dude way <laughs> off but it's fine it's fine so uh, yeah and you also find me um, uh, Instagram Baldwin87 Mike if people know what we're up to where they can get ready to listen to our reviews for those movies next week where they can find all that at oh just head on over to superheroslate.com that is the best place to find our show notes and to get our awesome upcoming release page. So uh, Disney just uh, unveiled a bajillion different things. Uh, we got HBO Max stuff coming out day and date. We got an awesome upcoming releases page on our website at SuperheroSlate.com where it's just a nice little itemized list. No pop-ups, no ads. We're not trying to sell you anything. It's just a helpful tool that we made for ourselves that we also want to give to you. So you can get that at SuperheroSlate.com. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you love to listen to podcasts. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Instagram, and you can get merch at superhero slate.com slash store. 
We love hearing from you. What did you think about Luke Skywalker? Just be totally honest. I'm not going to judge you either way. Uh, are, are you down the middle? Did you hate it? Did you love it? You can be both ways. I loved the concept and the execution until the hood come came off, and then I didn't like it anymore. So it's not like I poo-pooed the whole thing. I just did not like the execution of the face. Send, send your hate emojis at Mike. <laughs> no, I like I legitimately want to know what everybody thought. Like you can still hate it and still enjoy it too. Like I didn't like it, but I still enjoyed the episode. Um, so please reach out, let us know what you thought. And if you want to be a super fan of the show, all you gotta do is share the show with a friend. Share the show with a buddy. Keep social distancing. Keep wearing a mask. I know it's gonna be hard to do. We're coming into another holiday, but if you don't, we're gonna see another spike and then just we just have to wait even longer to go back to the movie theaters, and I hate that. So, uh, yeah, be a, be a good little boy and little girl this holiday season, yeah. and uh, um, don't get sick. That's right. Have a happy holidays. We'll see you next week. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. Were you able to re- record that one video you said you were going to? <sighs> what was I recording?